Hey, uh, as Hi, always, it is mom and dad. It is Darren and John. Hi, Johnny boy. <laughs> it's mommy and daddy. We're it's here for mama kitties. and dada. That's right. Yes. Mama and dada. Mama, ew, I can't. I, can't. I know. It's a little, that's getting a little bit It's too much. Weird. It's yeah. Too much. Yeah. No. Darren, I'm so excited about today's show, but you know, we should talk about, first of all, mom and dad have this show, but um, dad has her own show too. And it's called yeah. Betrayal with Darren Karp. That's right. It, some would say that I could betray John in doing this. However, Ooh. you'd be incorrect because right. John also works on this production. <laughs> so, right. you know, don't try and get me in trouble here. But yes, Betrayal yeah. with Darren Karp. Episodes drop every Monday. Uh, it's for uh, investig- ID and Discovery yeah. Plus. And I'm really happy about it. And one of my one of the most interesting episodes is actually coming up in a few weeks. And I'm just going to tease it by saying Ooh. that a... And you'll know what I mean by this, John. That a mm-hmm. pet parrot might be the only link into solving this case oh boy and it was a very good episode and so please download rate review subscribe all of the above because it really does help john and i both out severely well that's true and you have incredible guests um you've had robbie chaudry on a friend of our show yes patrick hines um, absolutely alexis Linkletter was this past that's Monday. right alexis love her we that was a... the first time I, we ever had to work with alexis and i loved her she was by the so way. great and yeah. so smart i mean not that any one of us should have no, doubted yeah. that at all but she was just so articulate and everything mm-hmm. that she was saying and so thoughtful in all of her words so i was very Absolutely. lucky to get to record an episode with her but please download betrayal with darren carp but, the, but as great as betrayal is um there is no drinking on that show so i think shaken and disturbed kind of takes a different level no it and... does because i have to be a professional on that show and this one i don't <laughs> have to be a professional on this show and That's i'm drinking true. this week and i made Me a too. new weird drink what? Oh, tell me what it is. I love new weird drinks. Well, I don't know. I think it was probably just because I was watching a lot of like television. So I'm watching Big, mm-hmm. Big Mouth on Netflix. And then I was watching Vanderpump Rules. And those two have nothing to do with yeah, anything. I was like, but wait, I was like watching both like the other day. Yeah. Vanderpump Rules is obviously about like servers at a sure. bar. And one of them are opening new bars. And so they were like concocting all these weird things. And they were just talking about like making cocktails and how it's mm-hmm. like, it's an art form, but it's really just like surprising your flavor palette. Right. And so I was watching Big Mouth and they were talking about pineapples. And I was like, wow, I, I mm, love pineapple juice. Me too. Let me do vodka pineapple. But I put in mm. a little like Bailey's. Mint. No. Oh. Bailey's. <laughs> pineapple and Bailey's for some reason. Oh, my God. Doesn't so sound appealing so to good. me. Yeah, so good. No, keep uh, going. no, I put a little mint in there. This Ooh. might be a drink already. It I'm may not be, yeah. confident. Um, but I kind of muddle the mint so that way the flavors can Ugh. kind of explode in it. And it's yeah. it's actually really good because it Sounds gives good. this little kick. I mean, even though mint's yeah. not spicy. I'm just saying like a little kick no, to the sweetness saying. of the pineapple. For sure. No, that sounds delicious. I kind of, I wish you would have told me before I would have ran out and got some stuff to make that. Maybe we need to, wait a minute. Do we need to make signature drinks I on think the show? We, I Obviously think we, we do. I think we do. And I think yeah. maybe we should start coordinating our drinks as much as possible. I know. It's so weird because I have so much alcohol now collected here at my house that I'm just like, Oh, I'll just, you know, open that or finish that. And yeah, maybe we should start doing that. Which, by the way, speak, so is that what you're drinking right now? That's what I'm drinking Ooh. right now. Yes. And I miss, I miss, you know, when, on Martinis and Murder when um, you would have like a very different reaction to the drink than I would. Right, right. I'd I be definitely like, mm, did. so delicious. And you were like, oh. 
Oh. I'd be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, like, it's fine. I'm going to well, have a sip or two. You and I have always had somewhat different palates, though. You seem to like a little bit of the stronger, sometimes drier, bitterer yes. drinks. Whereas yes. I'm like, can we make Kool-Aid be a drink? Like, how much sugar can we put in a drink? That being said, Darren, what you just described sounded delicious. I also am dipping back into my bag of tricks with my apple pie baileys it's it's fall this is our thanksgiving episode i believe it's coming out to the sunday before thanksgiving so i've got to have my apple pie baileys here i'm gonna untwist the cap and i'm gonna put a little bit in i'm putting it in my coffee i'm having this coffee late at night because i have stuff to do later today and i'm like let me just have a quick little sip you know when they show things that are like out of season, like it'll be like a Christmas mm-hmm. movie in July, and you're like, I don't know if I can get into this because mm-hmm. it's just not. Do you feel that way yeah. about like, like holiday mm-hmm. alcohol, where it's like you wouldn't have a pumpkin spice latte in like April? Oh, that is such a good question because they are so seasonal. I will say I had my first peppermint mocha from Starbucks like last week, I think. Oh, okay. A go-off peppermint mocha. I know, right? And like I love pumpkin spice, but I think it still might be around. But the peppermint mocha is very like holiday, you know, peppermint, candy cane type of thing. And I was thinking, ooh, I just got this like chill of like happiness over my body. I'm like, oh, yes, it's the time, that time of the year again. So I think you're right. Like, even if pumpkin spice or peppermint mocha was available in April, I don't think I'd get it because I like the anticipation of them being released. I like later things in the being, year. yeah, I like the seasonal aspect yeah, of things. Yeah, I do too. You know, I it, it too. gives you something to look forward to. So that's good. I agree. I, I'm so excited about this week's case, John. Oh my gosh, this is such a fun one. Um, so in celebration, frankly, of Lady Gaga's sure-to-be-Oscar-nominated role in House of Gucci, mm-hmm. we are covering the case that that movie depicts, if you didn't notice in the title of the show yet. And last <laughs> week I was on Watch It Happens Live and I wore a Gucci blazer. That's right, you did. So Look there at you go. You. What can I say? What can you I looked say? amazing, by the way. And by the way, the blazer was like blood red and it matched the color of the Betrayal um, cover art. And I thought that was so smart. Well, thank, uh, thank you. Thank you. It was also oh, the wait, cover of blood, but that, you know. That's true. Nah, 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 that's nah, true. Nah, nah, nah. Blood, blood or betrayal, whatever it yeah. may be. Um, by the way, Ooh, for blood those. Blood and betrayal. Who, blood and betrayal is at our new show. We got to copyright that immediately. This holiday season, I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship that we share. That's why I'm giving everyone I care about story worth. I am always looking for a personalized gift. I'm not really one for just giving away hats and gloves. I like to make my gifts emotional and heartfelt. Frankly, I like to make the people I love cry, but like in a good way. <laughs> so StoryWorth is an online service that collects memories and moments from your loved ones and turns them into a book. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought to ask, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life, or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. It's such an awesome way to revisit cherished memories in a sentimental and thoughtful way. With StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to StoryWorth.com shaken and save $10 on your first purchase. That's StoryWorth.com shaken to save $10 on your first purchase. 
By the way, speaking of blood and betrayal, um, Lady Gaga plays Patrizia Gucci in the movie House of Gucci. We're going to get into some of the details here. If you don't want to like be spoiled from the movie, then listen to this episode after or whatever, I guess. I mean... It's I mean, it's all true crime. Like, what are you gonna do? Well, you know? and also, like, it is a story that you could easily read about. But I think, For sure. I, I I think the reason that people are excited about the House of Gucci and Andy went to go see it the other day. So oh, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna ask him how it was. It's yeah. I think just what it's like the um the Versace murders that, that yes. uh, he also did. It's like we Johnny knew Versace. that he was shot mm-hmm. outside of his mansion. We knew all that stuff. But like, mm-hmm. get, <laughs> seeing Darren Chris kind of play Andrew Kananen, that was right. very. When I say fun, it was like, that's what we were going to see, yeah. I felt like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? By so. the way, I just giggled. I want to clarify. I wasn't giggling at the murder. What I was giggling at was... You're like, was, ha murder. I know. No, 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 not at all. I want to clarify. What I was giggling at was I was reminded that I sent Megan, our producer, everyone loves Megan, um, this note, like, I think last week. And I was like, hey, Megan, you know, House of Gucci's coming up. Could we maybe do this case? And she wrote back and she was like, didn't we already do that? She was like, didn't we do a ver- like um, a fashion murder? And I was like, you're thinking Versace. Yeah. And there Megan. were many Versace. There were many fashion murders, sadly. Um, but yeah, so Megan graciously worked on this week's episode and it's going to be a good one. So should we start, Darren? Let's just get right into it. I'm I'm praying we get half of the Italian right in this. We are going oh to God. butcher it like well, East me, Coasters for let sure. Let me start with, I lived in Italy for two summers and I taught English to Italian kids. However, I don't oh. know Italian and I spoke more Spanish in Italy than I did Italian, which was funny. Um, so we're going to do our best here, but also we should say that, um, what? I had something else in my head and now oh. I don't remember well, what it was. Well, there we go. Let's start. There we go. Let's, Let's just hope start you the can show. speak Spanish and Italian and good That's English right. and bad English. Let's just start the show. That's right. Well, Patrizia Reggiani was born in 1948, just, just outside of Milan, Italy, to mother Silviana Barbieri, who worked as a waitress while her father, here we go, Ferdinando Reggiani, earned his living as a trucking businessman. Now, my first year, Darren, when I taught English, this was way back in 2006, like a lifetime ago, it feels like. 15 years ago, wow. I know, it's so so weird. I um, lived and taught English in Milan. I taught at the Leonardo da Vinci School for Children, um, right in the center of Milano, as they call it in Italy. Um, So I spent a lot of time in Milan. It's really interesting because it's like one of those cities, have you ever been there? Out of curiosity. I haven't been to Milan. Okay. I've been to Italy many yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. So Milan is like one of those cities that like kind of happened. I mean, obviously it's historic, but like the modern day Milan isn't like full of ruins, ruins like, you know, um, Rome and even other parts of Italy are. It's very kind of like a modern, I almost want to call it like, hmm, what's a company? Like maybe like, uh, not San Francisco. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is it's a very modern city it's kind of the economy capital of italy if that helps kind of understand what's there yeah i had a lot of um it's more industrial from what i've heard it's like everyone thinks it's like fashion capital but like not in the way that new york would be like Mm -hmm. it's not like bustling on the city streets it's definitely more like an industrial city from what i've heard perfectly fine i should have just let you say that so there yeah and i've never been there so fuck you john so there you go there you go (laughs) i was actually in milan in 2006 when italy won the world cup it's a 
the whole thing. I'll save it for an MR or something. It was too wow. much. Wow. Well, anyway, Patrizia's family was fairly affluent growing up and ran in well-off circles where she met Maurizio Gucci. She recalls, quote, I didn't think much of him at first. He was just a quiet boy whose teeth crossed over at the front, <laughs> end quote. Oh, cute. By the way, there's a whole thing about her accent uh, when she speaks English. Gaga apparently while filming House of Gucci held this Italian accent the entire time, not even just when they were recording, like the entire time. Yeah. So it's true acting. It's like really diving yeah. deep. Yeah. And I will not be doing that accent. Just FYI. No, I'm no. good at, I love my British accent. I love my Spice Girls. I love my Harry Potter. Um, but now I'll hold off on the Italian accent. But anyway, however, the two of the two of them got to know each other and fell in love. They were married in 1972 when they were both 24 years old. Both Patrizia and Maurizio came from a from well-to-do families and were able to spend their first years of marriage in total comfort, owning a penthouse in Manhattan, mm. a ski chalet in St. Moritz, a vacation home in Acapulco, a farm in Connecticut. I'm losing my breath. There's so many Jesus. properties. And a car with a license plate that read Maurizia, uh, a combination of both of their names. That's cute. So, so they were kind of the first Brangelina is what I'm understanding here. Very yeah. or like yes, they are very. <laughs> I was gonna say Lucy and Desi, but they came before. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> in 1977, Patricia gave birth to her eldest daughter Alessandra, followed by her younger daughter Allegra in 1981. So they got two kids. In 1983, Maurizio's father Rodolfo passed away. Maurizio went a bit off the rails when he learned that his father's only child, uh, that his father's only. Ch- as, As his is, father's, yeah, excuse me, only child, he would only have received 50% of the Gucci fortune, including controlling shares of the company. Now, I guess this would be a good time to pause if anyone doesn't know what Gucci is, right? It's one of the most high-end luxury fashion brands I, I, in the I world. would hope that would we have would to hope, go without though. saying. We would yes. hope. We would hope. Well, the other 50% of that company went to Maurizio's uncle and cousins. Well, right away, Darren, I'm thinking, here we go. This here, is money. Money, money, money is going in every direction. That never ends well. Well, this became problematic for the Gucci brand when Maurizio's family began licensing out the ultra-famous Gucci Double G logo to lower-quality products like canvas bags and causing the entire brand to appear to appeal mass market and less exclusive, thus robbing it of some of its reputation. I mean... Mm-hmm. Which we see all the time. And I mean, like, I kind of am like, I know a little bit about the fashion. Darren has a Gucci blazer, you guys. She just (laughs) told you guys this. And and my girlfriend's really into fashion, but like, Mm -hmm. there is a, there is sort of this market of ideas. I mean, granted, none of this shit is environmental. Like, this is all like very bad (laughs) for the environment. But like Prada, for example, Prada, if they don't sell their products, like by Mm -hmm. the end of the year, instead of like, you know, going to a wholesaler, for example, that might mm-hmm. sell it at, at a cheaper price, you know, at like outlets or stuff like that. They yeah. burn their clothes. They oh, just, God. To keep the exclusivity in the market. So yeah. it makes it a little bit more, gives it a little bit more cachet. Yeah. Not saying it's a good thing. Not saying people should do this, but this is sort of, it's all marketing do. in this shit. Yeah. That's it. It's all marketing. You know, in a weird way, I kind of get it. I mean, I've worked in marketing, social media, digital, all these years, and I understand the significance and, frankly, the importance of marketing and branding in business, you know. So 
you know, to, to sustain the business, that might be an extreme that some other, you know, brands probably do as well. Now, I don't have a Gucci blazer, but I do have a blazer. You huh. might not, you might not have heard of it. It's from this place. It's called Target. It's very high end. It's super high end. It's very high end. They're only in a couple of cities. It's a Target blazer. Um, you guys probably don't even know about it. It's a very exclusive. Um, so sorry if you don't Target, get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Anyway, <laughs> Maurizio bought out his family shares, but quickly grew tired of how much Patrizia tried to have a hand in the company decisions. Now, I haven't seen House of Gucci. This is we're recording this, I think, the day it comes out or whatever. And I will say, like, just the trailers of of Gaga's character of this person, Patrizia, she seems very like intense. Cut and like throat, cut throat. Like. Yeah, totally. Yes. Well, one night Maurizio packed uh, packed a bag, packaged a bag, <laughs> packed a bag, and left the home he shared with P- Patrizia and his daughters, and he never returned. Now, which one was this? Was this the penthouse in Manhattan, the farm in Connecticut? We don't right, know. Right? Was but... he at one of the other properties? It's hard <laughs> yeah. to say. But for some time, Patrizia had her concerns about the way her husband had been handling the company. After he abandoned her and her daughters, Patrizia did some digging and realized her worries were actually founded. It Mm. turned out that in 1993, her husband had decided to sell all of his shares in the company for $120 million, and she had been right about his mismanagement of the company. Patrizia also learned that her husband had reconnected with Paola Franchi, an old friend from home. Mm. He and Paola had commiserated about each other being trapped in difficult marriages and had purportedly fallen in love almost immediately this is kind of a common trope not only in movies but also in real life i mean i think people can really come together when they're both in similar circumstances and i think that opens them up to be more vulnerable to each other Mm -hmm. and that's why it makes it so it's sort of like kindling to a fire you know kindling in a fire of just like yeah the spark's gonna happen and and finally someone gets it you know like that's probably the relief these people are feeling yeah Totally, the matching energy. And mm-hmm. well, the, t- the two divorced their spouses in 1994 and began living together with the intent that they would one day marry each other. Patricia was angry with Maurizio about leaving her, but in an interview, she recalled, But above all this, losing the family business, it was stupid. It was a failure. I was filled with rage, but there was nothing I could do. He shouldn't have done that to me. Well, and also, let's think about for a second here, like, Patricia, what did she get out of the divorce? I mean, maybe that's not even super clear with the with the information that we have today, but it sounds like she's kind of left high and dry after marrying into this fortune, you know? But remember, she started off like decently well, well off. That's true. So at least yep. there's I would hope that there's at least that family kind of backing there. Right. On March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five, Giuseppe Orna Onorato, the mm-hmm. doorman to Gucci's home, was sweeping away some leaves from the front of his Milan home. Hmm. In an interview with The Guardian, Giuseppe recounted the moment when Maurizio arrived home. Quote, I saw a hand. It was a beautiful, clean Uh-oh. hand, and it was pointing a gun. Oh, dear. He then heard four gunshots fire. Maurizio was shot three times in the back, once in his mm. head. And the shooter then noticed Giuseppe and fired off two more shots, hitting him once in the arm. Oh, dear. Quote, I thought it was a joke, recalled Giuseppe. Then the shooter saw me. He lifted the gun again and fired two more times. What a shame, I thought. This is how I die. Ugh. I can only, I mean, obviously he lived to tell the tale, but just like the yeah. worry and just like having that go through your mind. Now, though he was wounded, Giuseppe was obviously able to make his way to Maurizio. Well, not obviously, he was able to survive, but Giuseppe was able to make his way to Maurizio to cradle his friend's head mm. as he succumbed to his wounds and passed away. 
Oh boy. That's like, I don't know when I put myself in those positions, like that, the quote you just mentioned here about him being like, this is how I die. Ugh, that just gives me chills. Like thinking, you know, you're dying an untimely death and you have the thought, you know, run through your head. That's just terrible. What was I watching? I'm trying to remember what funny thing. Oh, I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and they (laughs) kind of have this joke, you know, it's a kind of a dark joke, but it's like stage four advice. It's like, oh, you want to go to someone who has stage four cancer or something to get the most sage advice because they can see their lives like flashing before their eyes. He's like, you got to get stage four advice. I've heard that. Where it has like complete clarity. And I imagine in this, not making light of the situation, just saying that like the clarity that it probably opens up of what actually fucking matters is impossible for people who aren't in that situation to really understand. Right. No, I, I totally, I hear that. Well, despite the fact that this murder was committed at such a close range and the killer had left a witness alive, cops were unable to pinpoint a prime suspect at first. Remember, he, Giuseppe kind of d- described this as a hand kind of reaching out, shooting, and then leaving. A clean hand. A clean that. hand, that's right, whatever that means. There was such an enormous amount of drama surrounding the Gucci family that authorities first suspected the killer to be one of Maurizio's biological relatives. Because there's probably, like, remember, the cousins were getting some of the shares, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but... Think about all the other people in the family who are maybe thinking they deserve some of this as well. And this is a lot of money, and it's obviously a name and a brand, so obviously there's going to be suspicion surrounding anyone involved in it, for sure. Totally. Without a suspect, Maurizio's murder went unsolved for nearly two years when authorities received an anonymous tip that implicated a man named Ivano Savioni. Ivano was a hotel porter. It's so funny because I met one guy in Milan and he, I was so busy working, I didn't meet that many people, but, and his name was Ivano. So isn't that interesting? Hmm. Mm. Well, I wonder if it's the same person. We'll have to find out. But Ivano worked as a hotel porter and several years prior had been con- contacted by a psychic named Giuseppina Arima. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Giuseppina worked as Patrizia's personal psychic and was seeking Ivano's assistance in hiring a hitman. Now, what's a personal psychic? Is it someone you have, you know, on your payroll if you're her? Yeah, I don't think it's like on your payroll, but I think it's like they are your like guru in a lot of Mm, ways. And I think, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're on payroll. I don't know if they can be on anyone else's, but like, yeah, they're definitely on the dole there for for her, for sure. Okay. Well, Ivano and Giuseppina hired a hitman named Benedetto Seraulo and a getaway car driver named Orazio Cicala in order to murder Maurizio. The two were arrested for murder, along with Patrizia, who was charged as a co-conspirator. After her arrest, the media began referring to Patrizia as Vedova Nera, the Black Widow, and threw around all sorts of theories as to why she might have murdered her husband, or had him killed, rather. However, it didn't seem to be jealousy or a desire for wealth that spurred her murder plot. She was simply furious at the decision to sell his shares in the company which is interesting because you know we hear so much motive about you know the money and making sure you know there's x amount of money in in people's bank accounts at the end of people's lives but it sounds like it was more like almost in a vein of like you didn't talk to me about you know the business decision <laughs> which is well, an she, interesting take yeah and she clearly thought that was being mismanaged and yeah, so you know yeah. Well, once authorities started digging, they were able to find a significant amount of evidence against Patricia, pointing to her involvement in her estranged husband's killing. Mm. Patricia had openly spoken to friends, relatives, and reporters about wishing her husband was dead. Never a good sign. No. 
Friends and relatives, sure. Reporters, not a good sign. <laughs> no, not a good sign at all. And in spite of this, Patricia continued to plead her innocence throughout the murder trial, claiming she was mentally disturbed. Mm. However, a panel of psychiatrists examined her claim and ruled that she was mentally competent at the time of trial and fit to be tried in court. I wonder how, I should look this up and I don't yeah. even know if, if they can say this, but I wonder how... Mm-hmm. The de- like the insanity defense has sort of changed, and how if, if the Ooh. test of finding out whether someone is mentally competent has like changed oh, with technology. Like I, I'm question. curious. I wonder how that has sort of shifted. If it and has not even and and uh, you know not just technology, but also just understanding certain disorders in a way that we probably didn't. In when was this ninety five or something? Yeah, or like, you know, I mean, listen, homosexuality was on the DSM, right? right? So I wonder if that, you could have used that or... And we're all eight, crazy, eight, you know what ADD I'm saying? Or ADD or ADHD or something like that. Like, I'm just curious to see how that has sort of evolved, if For it sure. has evolved. And after being deemed competent, Patricia changed tact, claiming that her psychic Giuseppina uh, was the mastermind behind Mauricio's death. Oh, and, and even threatened to blackmail Patricia. Mm. Giuseppina testified that Patricia couldn't bear the thought of another woman taking her place as Mrs. Gucci and stealing all the power and status Patricia had earned. That's right, because think about it. Like, the the title, literally the title, Mrs. Gucci... That can be shifted, you know, and if you sure. if you're if you're Patricia and you've, you know, sort of gotten used to that lifestyle and what being named Mrs. Gucci means, I mean, I think that's somewhat understandable. I mean, obviously not to plan a murder behind it, but, you know, I can totally understand the the jealousy behind that for sure. But of is this true? Course. Is this true? Who knows? And does this lead to murder? Well, right. Paola Franchi, you know, Maurizio's girlfriend at the time of his death, also testified against Patrizia during trial, saying mm. she still had spied in Mauricio's circle, and she knew she still had spies in Mauricio's circle, and she knew all about our plans, his business dealings, everything. Mm. She called many times abusing him and threatening to kill him. I begged him to hire a bodyguard, but he refused, stating that he didn't take Patricia's threats seriously because he genuinely didn't believe she would hurt him for the sake of their children. Mm. Well, yeah, because this is that conversation we've had before where it's like, oh, I'm going to kill you if you don't hurry up and do this thing. Like even on a more like argumentative standpoint versus like what you and I saying that to each other, you know, you know, yeah. how how seriously can sh- and should we take those things? It's it's such a weird it's just such a weird thing because it's like nothing illegal is really happening here. But obviously, Paola was like, uh, this isn't this is weird. We need a bodyguard. Keep her away from us. Well, and maybe not to make it so gendered, but I think that when a mm-hmm. woman is yelling at her husband or ex-husband or whatever saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking kill you, this and that. It hits differently Definitely. if it's a man saying that to a woman. If the situation was reversed yeah. and he was telling, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. I think that feels more of like a threat than the reverse. And I'm not saying that should be the case. I think a threat is a threat and it shouldn't matter the, well, the true, sex yeah. or the gender it's coming from. But I think it, I think societally, I yeah. think men wouldn't take those things as seriously as women, as women would. <laughs> as women would. As women yeah. would. You know <laughs> no, I, I think mean? you're right. No, I think, and especially in the 90s, like... You know, there's there may be even a different perspective from back then versus, you know, us talking about this now all these years later. Um, But I totally agree with you. I think there's something to be said about it for sure. 
Well, on top of all this, when Mauricio declined to take Patricia's phone call, she would record herself on cassette tape and send him her rants in the mail. This is like a whole new level of unhinged. These tapes were played in court. On them, Patricia called her ex-husband a monster for neglecting her and their children, threatening, quote-unquote, the inferno for you is yet to come. Well, listen, she's sort of cornering herself into... A, con- a conviction, if you ask me, with these types of tapes. I often wonder, though, in this fit of rage, I've been angry before. I've been frustrated before. I've been wanting to punch a wall. You know, mm-hmm. like I've been like yeah, we, so sure. angry and mad at things that I wanted to punch a pillow or scream into a tub of water. But when you're doing this and you're threatening someone, which I've never done, when yeah. you're threatening someone like this, I just wonder what goes through their mind is there yeah. anything really going through or is it just you see red it's and you're rage. reacting even watching you know i interview a lot of reality stars and yeah. obviously intoxication is a big thing but when they're not intoxicated and they <laughs> right. still get so and i'm not saying that's an excuse but it certainly fuels the fire here no yeah you're I, right i just i don't know i don't i want i want to know what what's the synapses that are firing at this moment <laughs> well i think it has a lot to do darren and we could maybe turn this into an episode of betrayal because when with Darren Carp, which you can download wherever you're listening to podcasts, including this one right now, um, right. you like my little plugs for you. I'm such a big, I I'm your biggest it. fan. What more can I do? But to be serious, but you know, I think what it is is like when someone feels so betrayed, like everyone listening and and you, Darren, think about the time you felt most betrayed by someone and the feelings that overcame your body. You know what I mean? At least for me. Those are very intense, like you were just describing, screaming into a tub of water type of moments. And you and I and most of us in the world can can manage those feelings. We can cool down. We can, you know, whatever. But not everyone does. You know what I mean? And they take they take it to the next level where they have that insatiable itch that if they don't retaliate in some way, uh, they're not they're not respecting themselves enough. And that's how we get to these kind of points in life, unfortunately. That's a really, I think that's actually a really, Mm -hmm. really good point about saying that they feel like in order for them to be heard. Because for me, it's like this claustrophobic feeling. Like I've been heartbroken before where I felt Mm -hmm. like I'm never going to be able to move forward from Mm -hmm. this. And no one's ever going to love me again because of this. And I've felt that way before. And I was younger, you know. And not saying you can't feel it when you're older, but I think when you're younger and it's kind of your first foray into that stuff, it definitely feels a little bit newer. I think I have a better perspective on on heartbreak now than certainly 10, 12 years ago. But, you know, I think you're right. I think it's just them demanding to be – it's them controlling the manner under which that they're heard. For sure. And when they feel slighted, it's them controlling that narrative. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So back to the trial here. During cross-examination, Patrizia admitted to having paid her psychic. Are you ready for this? $365,000. Stop. Stop. Uh, like what? Now Stop. listen, I'm able to, listen, I, I've talked about it on the show. I'm able to pick cards out of a deck and tell you what they are. I'm going to start charging money for that if there's a market like this. Should I become Andy Cohen psychic? I mean, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, or at least maybe. give him my number. Shit. <laughs> Well, anyway, Jesus, <laughs> especially for like back then. I mean, not that it was like back, right, back no, then, but, yeah. but like, hello, like in the 90s and the yeah. 80s. That's a fuck ton. That's a fuck ton of money now. I that's know. a fuck ton of money back then. Like, Darren, damn. while I'm getting through some of this, maybe we should look up the inflation rate. Like what was 365 
365,000 in 1995 versus today. Like, I bet it's like a million dollars. But anyway, I'm going to look it up. Do it while. Okay, perfect. Well, Patrizia first denied that the money was for the murder. Oh, okay. So for, now we're getting here. So maybe, you know, the $365,000 for the psychic was actually a money laundered way of paying her to sort of orchestrate this murder. Okay, got it. Well, Patricia first denied that the money was for the murder, then claimed Giuseppina had threatened to frame her for hiring the hit unless she paid her the money before confusingly adding, quote, but it was worth every lira, which is, of course, the currency, uh, well, was the currency in Italy back then. In 1990, um, yeah, did you find I, sorry, it? Sorry, I, I found it. Yeah, what um, is it? In $365,000 <laughs> in 1995 yeah. is 635 <gasps> Roughly, little yeah. um, six hundred thirty-five five hundred dollars in uh two in twenty twenty-one. So oh we're God. talking like six hundred and thirty-five. It's basically double. Double, what it yeah. Is, almost is, and, and that's nearly a million. You know. Yeah, you're getting paid over half a million dollars to bullshit this really rich woman. <laughs> wow, cool, incredible. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, maybe it was part of the whole orchestrating, you know, the hit on 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 her husband. We'll have to figure this out. Well, in 1997, Patrizia Benedetto uh, Seraulo, the hitman, and Orazio Ciala, the getaway car driver, were each found guilty of Maurizio's murder. Benedetto was sentenced to life in prison, while Patrizia and Orazio were each sentenced to 29 years. Interesting. Another weird little thing I want to mention. When I was in Italy... I found this iced tea from a company called San Benedetto and it became my thing. I loved it so much. Oh, <laughs> so I know it's such a stupid hey. comparison, but like I've literally haven't heard the name Benedetto since I was obsessed with this iced tea while I was there. So I'm just throwing it out there. I for... thought you were going to be like, and then I looked it up and found that it was part of the Benedetto fucking crime family. And I was going to be like, <laughs> and then you were like, no, it's just iced tea that I like. I'm that's like, just oh. iced tea that I was obsessed with okay. the entire summers. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, anyway, after sentencing, Patrizia appealed her conviction, alleging insanity after having a brain tumor removed back in 1992. Okay, so hmm. maybe there's something there. You know, you got to consider if you're having a major operation on your brain, there could be something to be said about that in terms of Although you would insanity. think getting rid of a tumor would help. Would make it, right, yeah. would make it better potentially no. who knows potentially. in 2000 the court of appeals reduced patrizia's conviction but reduced her sentence from 29 years to just 26 years okay so shaved okay. off a few years yeah shaved off a few in november of, by the way this is now carrying on for many many years in november of right. 2000 patrizia attempted suicide by trying to hang herself with a bed sheet she was found um, and saved by one of the prison guards and taken to the hospital until she was deemed healthy enough to return to prison. Kind of tragic in and of itself. Yeah. In 2005, Patricia was granted allowance to visit her elderly mother twice a month for 12 hours. When her daughter was taken to prison, Patricia's mom moved into Patricia's five-story home. Patricia was now allowed to return home for 12 hours twice a month. So essentially, because her mother had moved back into the home that she once lived in, she was basically home free 12 hours twice a month. Right. I wonder what that feels like, you know, like to know that you're in you're in the in prison. Yeah. And then like have to go back. But you're out a couple hours. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the same year, despite the prison's rules about keeping pets, Patrizia was granted permission to keep a pet ferret named Bambi. I just wonder if because of the high profile and the money oh, that you're yeah. allowed to I'm, do that. Because this mm-hmm. just feels like, oh, we're just 
letting people go home for 12 hours too much. Like, I, it's just like, that seems wild. When you're connected to a murder case, no less. Like, if this was right. something like shoplifting, you know, there there are lesser crimes out there that maybe would make sense. But would they let this, would they let a, a male do it? Would they right. let a black male a bla- do this? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't think so. And not that this happened, and I'm only speculating here, but it makes you wonder, like, was somebody paid off for this? I don't know. But anyway, in 2011, just 10 years ago, Patrizia became eligible for work release parole. She refused, commenting, quote, I've never worked in my life. I won't start now. End quote. Well, <laughs> so that gives you an idea of the type of person she is. Okay. For better or worse. Well, yeah, for better or for worse. In October of 2016, Patrizia was released from prison after serving 18 years. Just a few years ago, which is crazy. Yeah, she she when she served that time as stint, which she used to refer to as my stay at the Vittori residence. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. After uh-huh. her release, Patricia moved into a Milan townhouse with her 89-year-old mother. In an interview with The Guardian, Patricia commented about this living arrangement, quoting, Sometimes I wish I was back inside Vittori uh, residence because my mother is very difficult. Oh, she dear. berates me every day for no reason. Oh, Literally, dear. this woman would prefer prison <laughs> over. over staying with her mother. Oh, dear. Patricia's two daughters, Alessandra and Allegra, who were 18 and 14 respectively at their time of their mother's arrest, are now married and both living in Switzerland. They do not see their mother often since she... Do not see your mother often she since she returned home from prison. Mm. Patricia commented to the Guardian about her relationship with daughter, saying, They don't understand me and have cut off my financial support. I have nothing, and I haven't even met my two grandsons. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder if it's because, you know, you were involved with the murder of their grandfather. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, that could um, be a big that could be a big that could be a big thing. Yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting about the run-up and the promotion to House of Gucci, which is the Lady Gaga uh, movie, also co-starring Adam Driver and um, Selma Hayek is in this one, so it's going to be a big one, um, was that she had mentioned that she had never met Patrizia and intentionally did not meet up with her. And... I think Gaga was saying something along the lines of like she wanted to she didn't want to be persuaded by Patrizia. She wanted to tell the story that we knew that was out there that could be documented, that type of thing, and didn't want to be sort of influenced by the real person. Because I think the I think the allegation or I think the insinuation here was that, you know, she might she might try to sway her the wrong way, so to speak, you know? Well, yeah. And like, they want to give you, well, they want to give the portrayal. I'd be curious actually to see it through her eyes in a, in mm-hmm, a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think we want to know the story and not necessarily the, yeah. You know, the, the one side of the story. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The other thing I think is that knowing Gaga the way I do, because for those who don't know, I am a huge Gaga fan, truly. Um, and I'm excited to see this movie and I saw Stars Born, et cetera. But anyway, I feel like her not meeting with Patrizia actually had a lot more to do with the fact that she's a convicted murderer because Gaga's not hanging around those types of people, even for a movie role. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she wants to go and hear her side of the story when she's been convicted of being a part of killing this man's life. You know well, what I'm trying to say there? I do, yeah. although I wonder if it really would have helped her. And I'm I not know, saying, I think that too. Like, yeah. Get into, like, you know when we covered Betty Broderick when they did Dirty John 2 yes, on, yes. on, on Bravo? Yep. And how it was like, 
okay, Betty Broderick obviously murdered her husband, and mm-hmm. obviously it was a horrible, in cold blood type of murder. But yeah, yeah. when they went through everything and you read the story, you kind of understand what led her to it. Not saying to that a it was degree, a good thing. Yes, yes. You kind yes. of empathize with her a little bit, though. It's like when we, you know, I talk about it with Ed Kemper. It's like when we find out that they were like molested and abused when they were children, it's right. kind of like, no wonder they ended up like this a little yeah. way. I'm not saying that it's uh, cause Patricia and effect. Was, Right, and so I kind of wonder if order for Gaga to really sell the role as her, and obviously mm-hmm. this woman clearly either thought she was justified because she was like, oh, it's worth every lira. You know, she's making these, <laughs> right. like, side comments on it or like, I'm not going to start working now. Like, this, like, totally mm-hmm. self-absorbed, unself-aware person. I just wonder if it would have helped Gaga's role in, like, convincing us that, that yeah. Patrizia was really just out of her fucking mind. In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's a it's an interesting story and um maybe this podcast this episode can be your companion podcast when you go see House of Gucci which is in theaters now uh as of this uh release. Of course as a reminder Darren, Chromatica, Dawn of Chromatica and Love for Sale, her album with Tony Bennett are all available wherever you listen to music. You know, I cannot let this moment pass without plugging all of Gaga's without amazing music. Her? Yeah, of absolutely. Course. She's been on Watch What Happens Live, right? Yes, she has. I remember. Yeah, she that. made her urine um, into <laughs> perfume because she peed in a trash can, and then we made her urine into a perfume. Oh dear God! Yeah. I just remembered too. This was around the time that Art Pop was coming out, and I was working at Oxygen in the Bravo Oxygen offices, and Andy was in her um, music video, if you remember. That's and right. She I remember sent, that. Yeah, and she sent the office these cakes that were in the shape of iridescent clamshells which was thematical to her music video and we all like ate them and i was like oh my god we're eating a gift from gaga this is incredible the gift Um, from the gods gift from gods yeah Anyway, Darren, where can people tell us if they want to listen to us and if they've seen this movie or not? Well, please, if you're not already <laughs> listening to Shake and Disturb, I don't know how you fucking got here in the first place, but obviously, <laughs> please rate, review, and subscribe us. You can follow oh, us on Instagram and Twitter and all the good things, at That's Jay right. Thrasher, at Carpe Darren. Follow us on Patreon as well, Shaken and Disturbed. You know, yes. any, any, any little bit helps. If not, we understand it's the holidays. We just yeah. think it's a good... A good thing to give to your friends for the holidays. And, of course, you get kind of exclusive videos with us and some cards that are going to come out soon. That's right. But before we get into that, I want to end on a positive note with some listener shout-outs. I want to take the first one here, Johnny Boy. Go for it. Miss Stacy in our Facebook group says, Last night, my 16-year-old son (laughs) used the word sussy, to which I almost yelled at him, asking, Where did you learn that word? Turns out, all Uh the kids are saying it. I then informed him that my friends John and Darren invented (laughs) that word. He was not impressed. Now, Miss Stacy, first off, yeah, you have yeah. a lovely son, so that's yes, good. Yes, lovely man. I hate to, I hate to break it to you that we didn't invent that yeah. word in any sort of way. Um, not at all. I just think it was. We probably stole it from the kids. I'm sure I heard if anything. Some, 12-year-old say it at some point and was like, ah, sussy. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we didn't invent it, but I think we we popularized it, at least John and I saying <laughs> it so much that we feel that we're, we feel 10 years younger than we do. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. In some cases, 20 years younger than we do. But, but uh, By the way, let's oh, not skip over the fact that she said, I then informed him that my friends, John and Dan, well, like, I love that people think, I mean, I love, you guys are. are our friends. I'm not saying we're not, but I just love that you were immediately like, my friends, John and Darren in this podcast 
invented that word. I just thought that was right. cute. Well, because we are friends, Miss Stacy. We That's are true. friends. Yes. Uh, that was really great. Thank you, Stacy, for that. I got to shout out my friend Frank. Um, his wife, Annie, is a huge fan of the show, and especially you, Darren. And had been t- Annie had been telling him about us for a while. And the other day, he messaged Annie and was like, uh, I was just listening to this awesome podcast and then realized it's your friend John. And Annie was wow. like, I've been telling you this all along. And it was just so funny. So, Frank... Thank you for finally discovering us and, um, you know, maybe listen to Annie's recommendations. Annie's got good taste. Yeah, trust apparently. Annie. Yeah. Trust Annie all the way around. I've said this from the start. <laughs> Obviously, we have to thank um, a woman we also trust on this podcast. That's right. It's not me. It's going to be Megan. So, John, you ready to count down? Let's do it. Go ahead. In one, two, two three. three. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Megan. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Hopefully you guys are saying that along with us out loud in public places so that you can identify each other while you're uh, holiday shopping in the coming weeks. Yes, please. And obviously before you go, (laughs) if if you guys have a moment, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Please. It just really gets us found out by new fans. We get on new lists. Your future siblings, as our children, are little radishes for those of us who are on our Patreon um, but any support, even just a rating, a review, doesn't mm-hmm. cost anything. Take it two seconds. You can just say John's sexy on it. That's fine. Please I'll take do. it. Say and Darren's ugly, John's sexy, but five stars. I will take that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And make sure David knows this. David Archuleta, of course. By the way, I want to say uh, this is our last episode before Thanksgiving. So if you're traveling, be safe. Get vaccinated so you're not spreading any germs to your families. And um, enjoy Thanksgiving. I'm so excited, Darren, because last year, unfortunately, we all kind of had to eat Thanksgiving alone and separated from each other in my family. But this year, year, it's a big old celebration. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. And I hope you all uh, have safe travels and have a great Thanksgiving. That's right. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs)